Welcome to the Western Sports Podcast. This evening we have the home matches against Holt and Gillingham to review and we're delighted to see so many of you out supporting us over these two games and I hope we found it well worth the trip. As with all football clubs, we're always looking for some sponsorship or some more sponsorship, so if you can help or know someone who can, then please get in touch. It's Wednesday the 28th of August and we're sat in the arrow just below the speaker for the uh, commentary of the Lincoln versus Everton game, so all those sounds are not necessarily us. With me is Harry Gibbs and Will Island, and so kicking off lads, um, at the weekend we were home to Hulk, Alvington, um, well, it was a glorious day, it was a bit too hot to play football in maybe, and there was a big crowd out to watch. Yeah, it wasn't too bad on the bench though, Phil. Um, <laughs> thanks Harry. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, a bit warm, a bit warm, but um, our players coped pretty well, um, got ahead and kind of, kind of coasted really, didn't have to burn too much, catch them back for Tuesday. And I guess, I mean, the game was, I don't know, did it start a bit lethargic, Harry, maybe the sun and the heat and we had possession and stroking it around, but there wasn't a lot of gusto right at the start, was it? No, I didn't actually think the heat was that bad down there because of the famous Alvington wind. It seems they sort of went overly hot. I imagine it was hot in other places, but yeah, the atmosphere of the game was a bit, it was quiet. It just seemed, it almost felt like a bit of a friendly at times because it was, real sort of quiet game and we were comfortable in possession weren't really a lot of pressure on it was yeah a bit of a flat game to be honest but I guess I mean before too long though we started to put some nice passing moves together and we started to we were certainly in control of the game and you could almost well you could feel that we were on top and you sort of felt there was a goal going to come at some point yeah again the the shape helped I think we play out from the back and get the, get the full backs high um in the past through midfield quite well um, Malik again had a good game with his back to goal and kind of fed uh, Barrett and the full backs coming on so yeah all, all good and like I say I mean on our match report it says 10 minutes it felt like a bit longer than that if I'm honest on the pitch but um, certainly longer happened but we scored in the 10th minute-ish and what a goal it was I mean I don't know how many passes it was but we kept the ball for ages we worked it from one side of the pitch to the other and you know it was a great team goal wasn't it? yeah it was lovely we sort of um, really patient we sort of kept the ball well didn't force anything we went down the right and nothing there came from the middle and nothing there so we went back again and then we went down the left again nothing back so we went all the way back across the back and yeah and then we just when we found the gap we took it and it opened, opened really nicely didn't we and it finished by uh, you know Josh whipping around his man crossing to, to Luca who's in the right place at the right time for an easy tapper uh, I've got to be honest Phil I didn't see the goal <laughs> I was on a loo break <laughs> right it was, Harry it's a nice ball from Josh you put it on a plate for Luca wasn't it and yeah. you know it's nice to uh, for, I mean we've seen Luca score some, some good goals haven't we but it's nice for, him to, for us as well to see him in one where he's in the you know bang in the right place yeah. a few yards out just to tap it home yeah Josh put a lovely ball in there and he couldn't really miss could he it was three yards out and all he had to do was tap it in and that's the sort of striker's instinct that you know we used to develop and it sounds like Lincoln have just equalised and possibly threw a good goal but there we go never mind that so we're uh, you know we're one up now and you sort of um, we're, we've got control of the game haven't we we're sort of dictating the play we're keen on possession we're keeping the ball and, and Holt are struggling to get on it and we start to create a few chances um, I mean there's a, it's a good shot from Josh had it tipped around the post and, and Luca had an effort as well blocked by a defender 
Can you feel it? You know, you, you just think more, more. There's more to come, don't you? It's all pretty going pretty well. Yeah, like I say, I think uh, Holt in the start the quickest. And, um, after our first goal, I heard it was a great goal, <laughs> but um, we started moving the ball well, and yeah, that eventually told in the second goal as well. And so the second goal did come again. You know, it's play that was worked out from the back. Um, three ball from Mal and pass into the net. You know, just a fairly fairly simple goal. Yeah, do remember it. <laughs> Will, do you remember it? Oh, the second goal. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the I don't know. I can't remember who it was. The <laughs> the left wing back. Uh, he didn't really time his run well. But he kind of just, we just went for it and just started running. Malik had to check back and kind of beat a couple of players and kind of turn and put the ball on a plate for him. And he kind of then kind of jogged. It was easier than the first one to finish. Wasn't yeah. It? Just 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 kind of jogged into like a six yard box. The keeper rolled over to the back post to get half a goal. I think into. it might have been a cross actually as well. Well, I thought he was going for the back post to scuff it. But. <laughs> Well, that makes three of us who can't remember it, so it's all right. Okay, and so we're tuning up, and it's again, it's, it's comfortable. Um, you know, Luca had another effort, sort of uh, hit the defender's head, and goes out for corner, and uh, the keeper makes another good save. And I think Dicker makes a uh, Dicker had a header save, did he, from a corner? And you know, we're, we're creating chances and chances. We're dominating the play, we're dominating the possession. And at this stage, you can only see more goals coming. Yeah, he's a threat and he jacked the from corners. Every set piece we get, we just watch the two biggest blokes in the league just trot up and think, got a chance here. So, um, yeah, the deliveries from Malik were good all day. Long may that continue because we'll score a lot of goals from it. I guess, I mean, it's weird what they say that 2 0 is possibly one of the most dangerous scores, and maybe that, that came to pass. And, and just before half time, we can see the goal that you, you never saw coming, did you? No. Do you know what? I, I actually did miss that one. <laughs> okay. I, was, I think I was, talk, coming, I was talking to him. I turned around the balls and that. Yeah, no, I was, I just, I, I was, yeah, it was out of nothing. We had possession and next thing I know, the balls in the net. So, poor from us. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, did you see Will? I mean, obviously, Johnny, he just didn't quite catch his pass, did he? No, there must have been something happening on the bench because it, it, it did come from nothing. I just turned around and everyone said, oh, Johnny's just giving the ball straight to their centre forward. Um, which obviously is unlike him and I think actually he hobbled off shortly afterwards so maybe that's part of the reason the heat and, yeah. the, and a bit of a knock is he's going to brain just going to sleep a little bit and it's very unlike Johnny he's like the most consistent player in the, in the league so you know I yeah. that's why I'm so surprised so. so it's a double disaster really we, we can see the go and Johnny sort of hobbles off with it as well so we I mean obviously we had an able replacement Fleming, but Manley's been our player of the season last year or, or manager's player and, well, he's, he wins wards, doesn't he? So he's, he's pretty good. So whatever he's, he's going to be a loss. Yeah, I mean he's been Mr. Consistent over them games, and his presence is certainly something that as soon as you remove it, we'll miss. And uh, I think yeah, when he did come off, we certainly noticed it as well. I thought. So it's half time. We're two one, and you don't really feel like we've we've got our just rewards from from that half, really, do you? It's, uh... No, we should have really been well out of sight to be honest we had more than enough possession more than enough chances to come in with that game killed off but as it was the game was more than on at half time and we started the second half pretty well you know we picked off where we left off really we were on the front foot again the possession was there and you think okay we're, we're back in control of this game we're going to score again in a minute yeah um, it didn't last but it was good to start with um, I think actually that that goal we conceded uh, just before our time did give us a say, you know, we've got to start killing these games, got to, got to kill these games. 
Um, and as we're about to find out from you, Phil, we didn't do that, but <laughs> never mind. Oh, well, you're not really. <laughs> It's, you're killing the tension here. People are supposed to work out what's happening. Just giving it away. Okay, and then, so again, so disaster really did strike this time round. Um, next thing you know, we give away a soft free kick. sort of looped in and we don't deal with it. And all of a sudden, it's 2 all and it's all to play for. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even like a free kick that was in a dangerous position, was it really? It was a free kick around the, ed- around the halfway line, I think. And it, yeah, it's just looped in and it... I don't really know what happened to be honest it was poor poor from the the marking was poor because whoever's man it was was completely left and sort of Cuffy came charging out and didn't command it at all did he really so it's a very poor goal around from us so that's two all um, and obviously that you know makes changes the game really gives Holt a bit of confidence that perhaps they didn't have before and you know leaves us a little bit shell shocked but um, we did still look like we had goals in us and Josh is starting to emerge in the game and he's, he's sort of looking dangerous anytime he gets it he had a, a, a strong shot beaten away by the keeper was just the sort of first thing that really warmed him up yeah uh, it was good effort I actually think it, um, I hope we're kind of victims of their own success in a way because they started playing quite high up um, eventually that really came to suit us um, and we obviously exploit that later on but we um, yeah I mean we've shown it against Portland we mentioned in the previous podcast they hope you all listen to it um, that we actually showed a bit of character you know turning around deficits um, and, and coming back from throwing away a two goal lead we showed it a little bit more again um, and yeah can't really you know fault the guys they put they put the effort in broke the back of Holt eventually yeah so we kept working away and, and the goal came it was a you know a great ball from, from Dicker to Josh in the end yeah yeah like Will said they, they, they sort of pushed quite high and obviously with Luca and Josh up front you've one thing you want for them is space in behind and we, we found that quite comfortably and I think Dicker put Josh away three times I think the, the first two he yeah he was scuffed should have finished but the third the, he certainly made no mistake of the third one did he went round the keeper and finished well didn't he sometimes through the defenders and he nearly that put us three to up and he nearly got us another goal up this time a three ball from Mao and he nearly broke the post didn't he with his effort this time yeah, um, as we said, Holt were playing high line. We eventually persuaded Payne to make a run in behind, which you know something he doesn't hasn't really done throughout his entire football career. It's, it's only taken him 27 years, but he's worked out he's got some pace. Um, yeah, I mean, he's worked out he's got a left foot as well. For we, we heard enough about it in the pub afterwards, that's for sure. But um, no, yeah, he had, he had a good game, Payne. Eventually, the second half opened up for him, and he really exploited it. And then we did get that two goal gap again uh, and again it's, a, it's another ball from Dicker to Josh it's almost a repeat of the repeat of goal three got the fourth one sorry yeah 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 yeah, yeah no it was is that the left foot one yeah he's got a left yeah, foot yeah he's got some good footwork and then he found that corner in there beautifully didn't he but it was a really well worked goal it was nice and then there was some nearly some icing on the cake when um, Jacob Manley was put through but did well but maybe his finish was a little bit straight at the keeper yeah, he um, he works hard, Jamie. Um, Jacob. We, oh, sorry, Jacob. That's what I meant. Tell Jamie Manley. Yeah, he never worked hard. Um, <laughs> Jacob. Yeah, Jacob came on, uh, worked hard up front. Lead, leads the line quite well for a young lad. He's strong and likes to tackle. We mentioned in the last podcast, and uh, he won the ball off a defender, broke for on goal, had all the time in the world, and should have bagged himself one and got off, got off the mark for the season really. But 
wasn't to be so uh, you know next week Jamie Jacob <laughs> whichever um, so you know we it's a good result I think we, we played well enough to, to win that game and we, we've learned over the years any win against Holt is, is a good win they've obviously lost a few, few players from last season but you know it's a good it's a good result and it showed good character and resolve to to get you know be pegged back to all but still go on and win the game yeah just what, one more thing do we uh, 83rd minute and we brought uh, Will Ireland on <laughs> I, I, so I didn't I didn't I didn't have that as a notable moment do you want to mention it yeah, just to see the return of Will which was lovely for the crowd I think they all enjoyed that one didn't they it was nice to have him back yeah, a bit of a laugh on it yeah. <laughs> chuck him on for a little cameo <laughs> Not bad, but yeah. So, but good character and resolve shown all round. Come here. Yeah, it was. Like, so to lose a two-goal lead, that we could have started shaking a bit then, and we didn't. We didn't lose our composure at all. We kept kept playing the way we knew it was working, and we stuck at it, and we got the rewards that we more than deserved. Okay, so a good three points on the Saturday. So on to the Tuesday, and uh, the weather's very different on Tuesday. We had some rain before the game, then there's some sunshine and there's some drizzle drawing it and we didn't really know what was happening but um, Gillingham were there and they they lined up, they had a strong lineup, didn't they? A lot of good players in their team. Yeah, yeah I mean there's the front three especially looked very deadly and sort of when you lined up at the start we thought we knew we were in for a tough game straight away. And the pitch was, I mean, obviously, given the, the fact that we'd had some drizzle and some rain here and there and, um, and Everton just retake the lead, but the, the pitch had some zip, didn't it? And the ball was pinging off it and bouncing off it quite, quite sharply. Yeah, Everton's a lovely place to play. I, I like it when it's, uh, when it's a bit softer on the foot, even, even when a case, like when, when it's wet on top, it, the ball zips lovely and flat and, and really even. Um, yeah, we, we played some good stuff. Um, we know that Gill always are bringing a, 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 you know, a strong side, how he said. Um, and actually, you know, it's always a game you look for, getting at home or the getting on the Tuesday nights or on the early season or end of the season. You know, they're always good games and always tasty derbies for us. So um, a bit of zip on the pitch made for a really good game, especially with the quality they've got up front. And certainly the first 10 minutes, it was probably quite frenetic and fast and no one was really getting hold of it. Maybe because, it, I mean, the ball was zipping about it was difficult to control and for the first 10 neither side exerted any dominance no I think uh, it's quite end to end wasn't it it seemed, it seemed to be everyone was a little bit gung-ho to start with I think because they were they, like I say because of the zip on the pitch it just it, it certainly opened up and the pace was electric and it must have been pretty entertaining for the, for the fans of everyone watching definitely um, probably after so after the first 10 and it's sort of settling down a bit it's Gillingham who start to probably get a hold of the game and become more dominant certainly possession and we were pegged back a little bit and they weren't creating but they, they definitely had the, the better of the next sort of 20 minutes or so yeah um, with the experience we've got on our side we know that teams like as, as strong as Gillingham and across this league you know for the likes uh, they're going to have phases in games where they do take a bit of you know, impetus and a bit of uh, yeah, a bit of control I think actually it worked they're down for in the end they, they huffed and puffed and really tried to break us down early um, and, and put a lot of effort into breaking us down we coped really strongly with that at the back um, and yeah and, and during this time while we were under pressure we were 
we, we couldn't keep the ball ourselves, were we? We were sort of playing uncharacteristic long balls and n- not holding it up and just, just letting them have it back to sort of, so we were remaining under pressure all this time, really. Yeah, I think, where, like you said, on Saturday, the, we found the space in behind quite comfortably and where they were so high, Gil backline weren't that high were they and they were probably about 10-15 yards deeper so the quality on everything on the balls we were putting in wasn't there and they were just eating it up and it was far too it was far too easy for them to win the ball back okay but i mean despite the pressure they, they didn't really create any chances no cuffy didn't have to make any saves um and again you know eventually they do work their chance and it's a it's a penalty i mean how did it look from the side room uh, yeah i was on the side again thanks harry um <laughs> Um, the uh, obviously their, their striker we, we knew was a good player before the uh, before the start. Um, quick feet, turned, got himself one with one of the box. Had a heavy touch actually, but then got to the second second one first. Um, and John um, he, he, he lunged in really um, a genuine attempt for the ball. Um, I think afterwards the, the guy admitted there wasn't much contact um, and went over and ref gave it. Yeah, I don't think there's any contact, but we would be screaming for a penalty if that was us, wouldn't we? It's the other way around. Yes, don't walk Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid I agree, but there we go. And uh, in all fairness, he dispatched the penalty very well, didn't he? Who was it? Bevis. Bevis. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was a good pen. Yeah. And um, so this spurred us on a little bit, and we sort of got into. Um, we sort of woke up a little bit. We started playing a little bit more. We started pushing them back into their half slightly and you know the game could have changed right on half time when again so how did it look from the side it was um, could we have had a penalty with literally the last kick or kick of a man in the first half well the first two kicks were from their right back on our wing over, which obviously the ref played advantage and then we put a ball into Malik and it looked from where I was a stonewall penalty as well it looked like oh, we were quite surprised to see Hit the ref blow for half time and not a penalty. Yeah, this, this ref likes us. So just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not enough to give us a penalty. But it was never a pen. It was never a pen. You knew we were a second half side, so you, did, you had no worries. <laughs> uh, again, it, it did look like a penalty, but we felt a little bit hard done by with that, um, but that's the way it goes. Anyway, second half starts, and all of a sudden we're. We're a lot, we're a lot better. We're much more like the side we were Saturday. We're not, we're not playing these long balls, or we're just giving it away. We're sort of keeping it and allowing attacking, you know, other people to go and join in and build on it. And and well, that's what, that's what we do a bit better, and that's that's a, st- a promising start. Yeah, I think the key word again is composure. Um, we keep talking about the experience in the side and you know how well we do. I think actually, although they weren't the complete performances, the uh, the way we got through the games against Portland, against Holt, where you know things haven't gone our way, you know through the whole ninety minutes, actually stood us in good stead for this performance because obviously we were a goal down as a big crowd, we expected to win the game, um, and you know that, that character and the composure showed, and we we knew we'd get our chance, and when it came, we took it. And say so we're we're getting into it, and we're sort of slowly creating some half chances, and you you feel the pressure building and the momentum building, and you think. Yeah, we we can get to this, can't we? Yeah, I think like we we knew at half time that we, we we didn't deserve to be behind at half time, and we had more to give as well. We were sort of like we still had another twenty percent at least to give, and we 
we certainly went that extra gear after half time and we like you say we were, I think we were first at almost every ball like, and every 50-50 was us it was con- every battle was just us winning it and we didn't give the ball away cheaply afterwards as well so they they were really backs against the wall after that and we did get the equaliser uh, came from Josh again goal scorer of two on Saturday got another one tonight and another good goal yeah I think um, I think Saturday probably took its toll on Josh I know Harry just said we were, we were you know first every ball and stuff and I think uh, Josh was first this ball he was in kind of 20 yards of space and probably could have taken a touch when the ball came to him but I think actually he was tired when he took it he's sort Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kick this one, yeah. And he just kind of threw himself out. He bounced off his shin and rolled in the goal. But you know, he needs to work on his fitness a little bit, I think. And um, he, you know, he's not in the gym enough. So um, yeah, looking weak at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's looking, looking pretty uh, off the pace. So um, no, 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 he took it well. Took it very well. And and I mean, and then not too long after, we sort of get a winner, and it's. You know, it's good to see your substitutions paying off again, Harry. Isn't it? You know, you bring on someone and he, he nearly scores the identical goal of Josh had just scored. But hey ho, it's a winner and well done, Vossi. Yeah, I think like our front three like just ran themselves ragged the whole game, and they obviously when you've got players like Vossi on the bench that could come on, who's got abundance of pace. It's, it's ideal, isn't it? And it's all like with that the balls we put through, it's perfect for him, and he. Yeah, I was always confident he'd finish it when he went through. <laughs> and although uh, once we got two and up, maybe we sort of we settled into our shape a little bit, and we we weren't quite so attacking. Uh, we not saying we, we we didn't go defensive, did we? But we we were maybe less attacking. But despite them having a bit more pressure, we, we saw it out reasonably comfortably. Yeah, the. Um Obviously, he brought on his defensive must class in Rhode Island and played him at number 10. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, to basically just run. Uh, it was the same for uh, the same for the others as well, just basically get behind the ball. Um, we're going to win the ball in transition because they're going to have to go for it. Uh, and when we did, I still think we were the more threatening side. You know, they had a free kick right at the end. They lumped the ball in. We dealt with it. Um, but in you know, in trying to play through us, they weren't able to do it because we were just our shape was too good and we still had fresh legs. We were pretty fit, so yeah. If they, if anyone was going to go and score again, it would be us. Yeah, they they had one worrying moment in the last five minutes, which was a cross from the fullback, which flashed across the front. Um, that was the only time we were probably a bit slow getting out to him. Apart from that, they, we didn't we weren't under threat at all. And I think we had four or five crosses within the last 20 minutes that flashed across the, the box, which we nearly connected with, which were more threatening, if you know what I mean. So we were, certainly looked like it was going to go 3-1 rather than 2-2, without a doubt. OK, so uh, another another week with uh, six points, so that's a, a, you know, a good start. And uh, notable results from the weekend and the midweek games was, I guess, Murley scoring 10 against Shaftesbury, winning 10-2. Um, their goal scoring continues. Uh, Blandford scoring six away at Bournemouth Sports is probably quite noticeable, I guess. Um, Shaftesbury hitting seven away at Stone Newton. And then tonight's results have been Holt nil, Cobham two, Cobham scoring another two goals. So they've now won four games and have a goal difference of plus 25, which is uh, quite impressive to say the least. And of course, uh, Blandford nil. Uh, who drew with Cobham last midweek for all but Blanford nil Hamrek three so Hamrek maintained their 100% start of the season having 18 points out of 18 and a plus 18 goal difference as averaging three a game so you know they look like they might be uh, 
trying to do what better than they did last year, which is to win the league and doing it well. Okay, the reserves and the under-18 seasons are very soon to start. We're not far away now, so we'll be talking about them soon. But they, they had a little friendly tonight, and I guess you guys watched it. Are we, how are we looking? Are we looking for a promising season this year? Um, I don't think tonight was the night to, um, take, uh, to judge them, to be honest. It was a bit of a casual attitude from the reserve team. But there's a lot of promising young players on both sides. And, uh, yeah, they um, confident that they're both both teams the reserves and the 18s will be challenging at the top of both their leagues and uh, so just, just touching on the other stuff there's only sort of one topic really to mention tonight and, and as of yesterday sort of Bury have um, gone out of business they've been around since sort of 1894 I think 120 something years of you know unoccupied territory in the football league um, Apparently the club has been mismanaged for years, and although the, the, the latest owners getting a lot of stick, we took over in December. It's you know the, the guys who nearly bought them pulled out of it just because of stuff that's been going on for for a long time. I mean, it's it's sad to see this sort of thing happening, isn't it? Really? Yeah, um, it's, it's a very football club is a community asset. It's more than a more than a football club, and I see all the comments on obviously I study it quite closely but um, I see all the comments on Twitter and it's quite easy to say when you support one of the big clubs to say oh yeah well you know they've not run it properly they've not not done the the right stuff Um, when you've got championship clubs losing three million a month um, and the owners aren't actually putting the money in they're putting them in as secured loans um, well the money's got to come from somewhere and the fans are left to pay so Barry have been uh, they've been let down by owners they've been let down by the EFL they've been let down by a whole host of people um, and the whole thing needs reviewing and, and, and working out you know how, how it's going to be managed going forward I think I said before but I mean there's, there's some people out there there'll be some fans there who's this is all they've ever known for the football thing they've supported Bury for goodness knows how long they've had a longer relationship with Bury FC than they have with their wives their kids the parents they've probably got divorced a couple of you know, sometimes the way, but Bury has been their constant within their life. You know, the, the one thing that you, you know, your football club, you, you love and support the whole time. Whereas other things change, and to lose that one constant is must be a must be a massive wrench. Yeah, it must be heartbreaking for them. Like it's probably the one thing that they've never thought they would lose yeah. in their life. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think when it's something that just seems so poorly managed and. Like the EFL, like the reviews they do on the, the owners, like the, the guy that was, was it Steve Dell? 52 companies he's owned, and 41 of them have gone into liquidation. You're like, how has he passed any checks whatsoever? And then, like, here, like his interview on BBC, like, he's never, didn't even like football. He didn't even know there was a football team in Berry. And you're like, this guy is the guy that's taken them down. It must be just absolutely gutting for them to hear that sort of stuff. And Will, your team, but when it's all come good today, um, I mean, there was there was rumours last night that they might run out of money before a takeover could take place, but it's gone through and it's safe for the moment. I, um, I like I said, I've been following it closely. Um, relief is the kind of main thing in the interim. We've got another season. I'm going to go as much as I can. Obviously, try and make the most of it. Um, you're free Saturdays I'm free, I'm free on Saturdays um, I'm just going to try and get back for the last 10 minutes just to run doggies yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, probably get yeah. a game up there now um, yeah I think um, just 
just finishing up on on this is like it's a bit a bit nostalgic thing for me. But I think every you know bloke growing up, you dream of the moment you take your lad out to go and see his first game at you know at your club, um, and to think that some you know twenty seven year old like Barry lad like me who was looking for some girl to have him eventually, then have a family, and then actually he's going to have a club to go and take his kid to. I was saying to the boys, we were joking about it. We were saying, um, I've actually been driving to the game yesterday, thinking about how I'm going to answer the question, who do you support? Because it was actually, you know, it was gone five o'clock. I hadn't heard the takeover had happened. I thought we were going to be in the same, uh, same situation as Barry. But actually, if you ask yourself that question now, like, if your club's okay, you're not going to have a real answer. You're going to have appreciation of that. But I was actually trying to think of what I would actually say in what my feeling is on it so it's it's real strange real strange but yeah relieved, relieved. is the is the bigger picture out there if you if you look around Europe and you look at the, the big countries or well you look at any country but you, you know the, the ones that are comparable with us the sort of Spain to France's Italy's that sort of thing nobody else has more than two professional leagues is having four in some cases we're nearly at five professional leagues with some of the conference are still full time is having 92 football league clubs plus some full-time conference sides is it sustainable because you're relying on 92 plus in some cases rich people just to keep bailing out a football club every year and why would people want to do that no I think the problem is we're so proud of our football league aren't we and like to say that we've got 92 professional clubs that are as competitive as they are is a real plus for our country but they say with the money in at the top now there's always going to be an imbalance and down in League 1 League 2 I don't think any of them make a profit do they I think they just run to survive and I think the problem is when you get poor people in they've got other motives haven't they and I think some of these owners don't necessarily care about that football club and the same sort of and it's the community as well I mean you know, there's a lot of stuff involved with the football clubs and you know, most of them are involved in the local communities particularly the smaller ones and it's smaller businesses as well like you hear people in Bury, there's a pub on the way to Bury, and they say well we survive from the match day traffic without, without match days we won't be here there's a cafe just down the road they survive on match day traffic without that they lose most of their turnover so there could be it's, the bigger picture is there's other people potentially losing jobs and businesses because of this as well I think English football is the best uh, tier system in the world because we have the 92 yeah. because we have the four leagues and because we have the heritage of those clubs like Bury and like, like Bolton and, and inevitably the other clubs in the championship and leagues one that are going to be faced with these challenges unless something changes I think the onus on us is not to say oh should we be like everyone else it's well, how do we lead the way um, and how do we inspire you know Italy and in Spain say why why not increase your increase your leagues find a sustainable way to do it and do it and whether that means whether that means where, where do you find a sustainable way where do they generate the money from with a, like a fan base that is I don't know take you over how do they find the money they've got a fan base of 2,000 people who turn up every week where, where do they generate any money to do anything anyone no, I think Obviously, Yeovil, they, they, Yeovil will turn 2,000 fans every week, but they used to average five. I mean, so but like, only when they're doing well. Yeah, but then, even when they weren't doing well, they, obviously the ticket prices have gone up because the running costs are much more now, and it's, that's, that's the problem, is finding that balance, isn't it? And I think if you can do more things for the community and involve the community in better ways, then 
you could get a higher crown yeah, even if your team's not. Yeah, I mean, my 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 granddad was a pro at Plymouth, and I, I know I take it with a pinch of salt myself. But he used to tell me oh, I used to get um, twenty thousand local Plymouth guys going to watch a, watch the reserves play, and that's the reason for that is because you know there wasn't football. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming TV. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. But you know, it's because they felt a community spirit. They were watching local lads play football, and, and uh, you know there was a pride in that kind of community. There was like a tribalism sort of thing. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt. But I believe we can make it work, but it's going to take some concessions from the top and it's going to have to feed down. But that tribalism thing, is, is that also um, gone against what we're doing? Like you take, if you look at, you go back to the 50, certainly the 50s and before, definitely 60s as well. Like, for example, I know this is maybe more, a bit more top end, but like people in Manchester, they would go and watch United one week when they were at home, City the next week when they were at home. And because of, I think probably the way tribalism's gone, that doesn't happen anymore. You would never get that happening. And if there was less tribalism, would you get United City fans maybe going to watch a Bolton and a Berry and Stockport and whoever else is in that local area when when their team wasn't at home? I, I don't think you can kind of compare the likes of Man City and Man United and, um, and then the big six. No, but, you, but you're after you're after football fans, aren't you? Rather than no, yeah, someone's football. One of the nicest things in football is the tribalism, isn't it? It is like that, that that rivalry of like you know even like our level like the local, when we play our local teams that feeling of getting one over and you're right and you can't the perfect example is Bolton and Berry now Bolton have lost the rival and actually nobody nobody in Bolton is celebrating that they've lost the rival everyone's thinking right we've lost we've actually lost one of the most sought after fixtures in our calendar absolutely and so, I heard Berry fans on the radio yesterday wishing they you know hoping that Bolton wouldn't go the same way it was, exactly so I, uh, I know it's it's a, it's a daft comment but the, the top clubs are run like a business and it draws everyone else to have to run that way as well um, you know the market has now gone global I was looking at some of like, um, 1.3 billion people have been watching the Premier League this season so far you know if if those you know if all they see is the top six that's all they're going to see that's all they're going to support and that's that's where they're going to buy the shirt sales for Pogba so you can buy a player for 100 million and make it back in a week you know that's that's where the money's going so yeah okay we'll leave that there we're not going to solve anything but uh, <laughs> right quick question for you uh, to everyone um, why is something called a building when it's already built <laughs> I don't know what you want to say Phil <laughs> Well, I was hoping for some deep philosophical answer, Will. Have got anything on there? Or should we just carry on? English language is not my strongest point. Okay, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, this Saturday, we travel to face Cobham, uh, the Cobham Gold Machines. It's the 31st, 31st of August. Right, right now, they can't stop scoring, and uh, we've been defending okay, so it might be a case of the, uh, the latest irresistible force and the immovable object. Either way, it should be a very entertaining game if you get the opportunity to come down. Our next home match is on Saturday the 7th of September when we will play in the first round of the Senior Cup at home to Welton Rovers Reserves. We would hope you can make it down to support us. We're available on Apple, Google, Spotify and all other good podcast providers so please subscribe and give us a nice rain. I'd like to thank Harry Gibbs and Will Island for their time this evening and to thank you all once again for your support. Thank you.